TII Item 340, March 9th, 2015, Apple Watch Event, and iOS 8.2. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn the top software, creative, and business skills from easy-to-follow video tutorials at lynda.com. Start your free 10-day trial. Visit lynda.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the music here in the background. Jeff wrote, I, Rob, made this song called Fantasy on my iPhone 4S using the GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. Thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song uh, at the end of this episode. also want to thank Jeff, a different Jeff, for sending in the artwork for today's show. This Jeff wrote, Hello, Rob. While watch waiting, I made the attached image on my fourth-gen iPad. The watch pic was captured from a podcast image of a sport watch. The image was then opened in Pixelmator and quickly turned into gold with a slide of the vintage tool. With background and blue plastic band removed, the image went to Sketch Club for final touches and text. Looking forward to hearing your take on the new device. Regards, Jeff K. Well, Jeff, thanks for sending in the artwork for this episode. Folks, you can see Jeff's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 340 or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash today in iOS. Folks, if you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, in closing, the price cuts for the iPhone 5C and the shuffling of the iPad lineup do little to address the company's core problems of its dwindling market share, slower growth, and contracting margins. Unquote. Leo Sun, Motley Fool, 19th of March, 2014. Dwindling, slower, contracting. Seems to be words best used to describe Mr. Sun's understanding of Apple and the smartphone space. Us saying. For promo codes on episode 339, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the apps DinoTales, MyTuner, Audio News, and Cubist. We will be giving out those early this week. For more info on these apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 339. Sorry, no promo codes this week. I need to get on the ball or spread out what I get in when I get them in. One of the two. Either way, if you are an app dev, this was an opportunity wasted for your app. Remember, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. And if you are a dev and English isn't your first language and you still want to get it featured, you can go ahead and send me in a textual review and I will read it on the show. A lot of speculation, as you might expect, heading into the Apple event. Some speculation, well, well, most people got right. And that had to do with the Apple Watch. We'll get into that in a minute. Other speculation, never had a chance. So what was announced at the March 9th Apple event? Well, first off, Apple showed a video of a new Apple Store opening in China. They always like to do those new videos of Apple Stores opening, not necessarily China. There are now, however, 21 Apple Stores open in China and a total of 453 stores worldwide. Last quarter, there was 120 million customers that visited one of the Apple Stores around the world. Next in the event, Apple brought up the Apple TV. And I thought, yeah. Finally, a new Apple TV. I knew saying a new one before every event would eventually pay off. And well, eventually it will pay off, but just not this time. 
because most of what Apple talked about when it came to Apple TV was about HBO Now. And this is the HBO Now app on Apple TV and streaming with no need for a cable operator for just $14.99 a month with just in capitals and quotes around it. Or, you know, about the same price as Netflix for streaming and one DVD a month option. Well, not a month, one DVD out at any given time option. Hmm, not a tough choice there for me. Netflix all the way. Sorry, I was not overly impressed with the HBO CEO who was really bad at reading the teleprompter and suffered from Guido-itis. If you did not see the event, this was a dude, and I know he's a CEO, but this was a dude over tanned with his shirt unbuttoned, one, probably two buttons too many, with no t-shirt underneath, almost right out of Goodfellas, or really, I guess, a, a the Sopranos would have been a better reference given he was a CEO of, uh, is a CEO of HBO. But still, yo, $14.99 a month is steep, but you do get the first month free. So I guess if you sign up in April, pay for just May, and then cancel sometime in June, you'll get all the old Game of Thrones episodes and all the new ones and be all caught up, and then you can cancel and it was cheaper than buying the last two seasons or all the seasons DVD. So maybe I go ahead and do that. So who knows? Maybe they got me for 30 bucks. Starting in April is when this is available. Hope it is there for the second gen Apple TV. Didn't hear that. I'll have to find that out for the next episode. For the Apple TV, still I was hoping for a new device. But like I said, it was not going to be. Apple did say they have sold 25 million units to date, and then they lowered the price on the third gen, i.e. the current model, to $69, which means if a new one is coming, maybe it'll be here by WWDC when they announce the long-awaited Apple TV App Store. Right, because if you've listened to this show long enough, you know I've hoped or wished for that the last few years, at least the last three or four years. Uh, going into WWDC. We shall see come June. Tim announced that over 700 million iPhones have been sold to date. Congrats. The iPhone 6 and 6 Plus have over a 99% satisfaction rating, which Tim says is unheard of, unless you know you've heard him say it one of many times before on the quarterly calls or other Apple events. Just saying. Per Apple Pay, they started with six banks when it was announced back in September, and now they have over 2,500 banks signed up. Since the announcement of Apple Pay, they have tripled the number of different retail uh, stores or entities uh, accepting Apple Pay. And much more than that on the location side, with now over 700,000 locations that support Apple Pay, including many vending machines. On to CarPlay. And Tim said, now every major car brand was committed to supporting CarPlay. And then into something new. Research Kit. It is for medical researchers. It allows them to create apps using the iPhone as a diagnostic tool and for researchers to gather lots and lots of data, much more than ever be possible before. And in true Apple fashion, they'll be selling all of that data. Oh, 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 wait, I'm sorry. That would have been if Google was running it. Let's start over. In true Apple fashion, all of the data from the users will be highly protected with the privacy of the users, a major cornerstone of this offering. There are already a few apps released um, built with the research kit available today. One is from the University of Rochester called mPower, and it is for research and diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. This really does have the potential to be a powerful tool set for good, and Apple even opened up the code set as open source. Kudos to Apple. Then Tim did a little tease. He showed a picture of the Apple product offering where it shows side views of the Mac, the MacBook, the iPad, the iPhone, and the Apple Watch. So you thought he was going to talk about the Apple Watch, but nope, he fooled us and he said, let's talk about the Mac. And there was a little chuckle. Then he introduced the new MacBook. Normally, I skip over the Mac stuff for the show, but I will talk briefly about this because, well, probably not as brief as I thought originally, but briefly about this because, well, we'll get into that. 
The new MacBook is available in silver, space gray, and gold. Yes, to say they are bringing the product lines together is an understatement. The new MacBook is just two pounds in weight. It has a 12-inch display. And if you are a podcaster, this is a huge feature here. It is fanless. This is the first fanless Mac since the Cube. It is quiet, as in no sound at all. That is great, again, for podcasters. The downside, the Mac's internal storage is 512 gigabytes. Right now, I am over, well, well over 600 gigabytes of my 750 gig storage. So no soup for me. Availability is April 10th. The new MacBook has just two ports. One is for the headphones, and the other is everything else. And I mean everything else. There is no other ports, not even a power port. Uh, this is a USB-C connector, and if you want to connect to an external display, you connect to it. Connect your iPhone or iPad, you connect through it. Want to have photos on an SD card brought in? Yep, go through it. If you need to connect to an external hard drive or DVD, yep, you connect through it. Same for HDMI or VGA. One port, that is it. So take your MagSafe, power port, Thunderbolt, USB, SD card slot, even the LAN port. And if you want to connect any of those devices, cords, they all have to go through one port. And to me, that is just one port too few. It means you have to have a hub for most everything you want to do. And I present a lot. And I don't like the idea of having to have a hub with me so that I don't run out of power or battery life during a presentation when I'm connected to a VGA monitor. But I bring all this up because a couple of people have emailed in asking, does this mean the end of the lightning port on iOS devices? I mean, why would Apple not just go to USB-C port on future iOS devices now that they're doing it on the MacBook? I think looking at the specs for USB-C, as in the, the physical dimensions, the answer is no. This is not the end of lightning ports. Why? Because the lightning port allows for a thinner device than is possible with a USB-C port. Here's why. The lightning port is a true female port. There is nothing in it. But the USB-C port had a middle connector. That means the plug is really female, not the port. And that means a thicker port. So looking at the two port specs, to me it looks like no USB-C will not be replacing lightning ports anytime soon, if ever, on iOS devices. Is it possible that the iPad lunch tray or iPad Pro, whatever you want to call it, that was not announced will have both USB-C and lightning ports? Yes, I think that's possible. It's one of the rumors. But again, at a min, iOS devices going forward will still have lightning ports due to the fact that Apple's going to want to keep things as thin as possible. And the only way to do that is to go with the lightning port, not with the USB-C port. All right, enough of the MacBook talk. We're finally where we are into the part of the presentation where they talked about Apple Watch. To be honest, the first 25 minutes, I didn't hear anything new. It was just rehashing what was said or announced in the September event or had it already been on their site or was available via leaks from the dev kits that will get out in November. The new news came with the announcement of iOS 8.2 being released today on March 9th. More on that in a bit. Apple confirmed pricing for the 32mm and 42mm sport versions, 349 which was known and 399 which was expected, nothing really new there. Pricing was then announced for the Apple Watch which is the stainless steel version. Again, let me go over the versions here to clarify it for my own sake. There is the Apple Watch Sport. That's the lower end version. And then that one's made with aluminum and just regular glass. Then there's the Apple Watch, which is the stainless steel version at Sapphire. And then there's the Apple Watch Edition, which is the gold version. So you've got the Apple Watch Sport, the Apple Watch, and the Apple Watch Edition. Okay, back to pricing for the Apple Watch, which is for the 32 nanometer version, and it's 549 to 1049, depending on the strap you choose. 
at $50 for the 42 millimeter version. Pricing for the Apple Watch Edition starts at $10,000. So no, the rumors about 4K or 5K were way under the mark. Pre-orders start on April 10th, available in multiple countries on April 24th. Hey, 24th is what I previously said or guessed on the show. Well, at least for the U.S. release. All the countries getting the Apple Watch in April are Australia, Canada, China, France, Germany, Hong Kong, Japan, the United Kingdom, and the United States. That is many more countries than was originally expected. That might mean supplies are not as limited as originally feared. Apple will have Apple Watches and the multitude of straps available for you to try on and try out at Apple stores in those countries that was just mentioned. It sounded like maybe as soon as April 10th for those Apple Watches to be in there for you to check out, although I think it's probably going to be the 24th. We'll find out more about that and talk on in the next show about when you can go in and start testing out the Apple Watches in stores, hopefully for the next episode. Per the battery life, as that was one of the biggest concerns, Apple is stating an 18-hour battery life with good usage. What is good usage, you ask? And I ask, checking the time 90 times per day, checking out up to 90 notifications, spending 45 minutes in apps, and doing a 30-minute workout with music playback from the watch, streamed from your iPhone via Bluetooth. Use it more, get shorter battery life. Use it less, well, expect to be good all day. And, and that four, 18 hours is per the 32 millimeter version. If you go to the 42 millimeter version, you get better battery life. Per the 32 millimeter version, you will get up to three hours of talk time because you can use the Apple Watch to answer your phone and talk to the person, even if the phone is somewhere else in your house because it does not just communicate via Bluetooth, it also communicates via Wi-Fi. That's huge for me. There are plenty of times in my house when my phone is in my office and I'm, well, let's just say I'm somewhere else and the phone rings and I can see who it is, but answering it on my Pebble is worthless because I know I can't get to it from one part of the house to the other part uh, in time. So that to me is a really nice feature. Charge time from zero charge to 80% is one and a half hours. From zero to 100% is two and a half hours. Typically expect Kickstarter projects to cut those times in half starting in three, two, one. All in all, the battery life was better than the fear mongers had been predicting, but clearly not nearly as good as a pebble. But then that is comparing an apple to, well, a pebble comparison and yeah, it's really not that fair of a comparison when you think about it. Definitely not 100% fair and not even probably 50% fair because there's more you can do with the Apple Watch than you can with the Pebble. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. A good way to get some feedback on your thoughts on this is our Google Plus community and there are now over 2,000 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great posts. And one new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came out was for me where I pinned a post to cover the Apple Live event and asked for comments in the post. There were over, well over 40 comments. Here are a few select ones after looking through those this evening. From Harold Hart, Research Kit looks impressive in terms of utilizing the power of mobile technology to help improve our health through better research. Like the idea and the possible opportunities that may happen in this open source community. Per the MacBook from Blair Jones, they lose me at the lack of connections. Here you there, baby. Uh, to me, I love the fanlessness of the MacBook, if that's a word. Uh, I hate the single I.O. port for everything except the headphone jack. So really, one I.O. port, one headphone jack. No SD card slot, no monitor or Thunderbolt port. No MagSafe port, no standard USB port, just one USB-C port for all of that. Come on, Apple, give us at least two ports. From Craig B., I don't see how they can do sleep tracking with an 18-hour battery. You have to charge it every night. Good point. 
guess they want you to charge it up when you're watching HBO on your $69 Apple TV. Huh? Two and a half hours. That's all it takes. From Keith F., I stopped wearing a watch a few years ago. Really didn't see anything today to make me go back to one. It's not nearly the hassle to pull it out and use my iPhone that they make it sound like. Overall, there was nothing that wowed me. You know, Keith, I thought that watching the event, I was like, well, you know, they're going over a lot of things they've already talked about. There's nothing that in the event said to me, wow, if you were on the fence or leaning to get off the fence, it was nothing really push you back up and over into the Apple camp. So I would agree with you there. Um, nothing really to wow me if I wasn't already wowed and interested in it. From Myron Euchre, I like my Garmin Vivo Smart and would probably buy either the Pebble Time or the Garmin Vivo Active if I wanted something more. All of these watches give over a week battery life and can be worn anywhere. From Kent Kersey, I'm still wondering how interchangeable the bands will be. Well, Kent, all bands will work on any model of the same size. So 42 millimeter bands are for any 42 millimeter Apple Watch model, be it the Apple Watch, the Apple Watch Sport, or the Apple Watch Edition. That is good news, and that was one thing that a lot of people were wondering about, because there was a rumor contrary to that. Now, since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboy's free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in, and thanks to all 2,000 plus of you already in the community and contributing, and thanks for those folks that were there contributing today during the live event. Looking around at a few different people's Twitter feeds, uh, one funny quote that I saw about today's event was from Nossel Nerd, who wrote, quote, I hope someone codes a research kit app measuring sobriety level at the moment you put down $10,000 for an Apple Watch edition, unquote. No doubt. Muscle Nerd also warned would-be updaters to iOS 8.2 to stay away, run away, do not use it if you plan to jailbreak. Hi Rob, what are your thoughts on today's Apple event? I know, like me, you are continuously hoping for an updated Apple TV. So I was excited when Tim Cook started talking about Apple TV. I thought our wishes had finally been granted. The reduced price is nice, and I'm very excited about HBO. That is much cheaper than my local cable provider. Apple Watch, thoughts on that? I am trying to convince myself that I need an Apple Watch version. A $700 price point, though, perhaps I it will be the sport for the first time around, and we shall see what we do for the second gen uh, when that comes out. I enjoy the show very much, and was quite pleased when I heard you mention my email in the last episode regards... Brenton and from Pittsburgh. Well, Brenton, thanks for the kind words. And my takeaway from the event, summarized here from what I've already kind of said, is HBO announcement, mm, eh, but still I'll probably sign up for a couple months just for Games of Thrones. Uh, no new Apple TV, really. Um, how long must the pain go on? Please, Apple, update it already. MacBook, love the lack of fan. Hate the single port and the 512 gigabyte Mac storage, but may still buy one for my wife to use. Her old laptop is the old plastic MacBook, and it is far from fanless, and the bearing is actually shot on the fan. It's very, very noisy. Um, then I can try out the podcast production side of it, um, but definitely cannot be my daily machine, not with the current specs. Per the Apple Watch, love that all versions can use all bands. Um, and as long as it's the same size. Rumors had it, again, where the sport version could not. Likely 99.999% likely I am going to get the silver Apple Watch Sport. Just not sure which band. Maybe I'll let my wife pick out a band for me for Father's Day. My guess is the bands will be very popular come the holidays and even more popular on Kickstarter. I think the stainless steel version is beautiful, uh, but I, like you, I just can't justify the extra price for that. Uh, not maybe in this first gen. We'll see see how well and how much I use it. Um, like you said, see second or third gen what I decide to do. But of all the things announced today, the one thing 
I think when we look back 10 years from now that we will talk about having the biggest impact will be research kit. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but more data means better analysis. Better analysis means better cures and treatments. A watch is nice, but a cure to a disease, well, that's priceless. Today's episode is brought to you by Linda, the online learning platform with well over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash TII. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. Linda is for problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel, learn negotiation tactics, build a website, or boost your Photoshop skills. Go to lynda.com slash TII and feed your curious mind. Some of the courses I think many of you will benefit from are iPhone and iPad Security Fundamentals by Nick Braz, iPhone and iPad Photography with iOS 8 by Sean Duggan, and Getting Started with MakerBot 3D Printers from Casey Holtengren. Because you need to make new stands and cases for your Apple Watch and iOS devices, and what better way to do it than with your own 3D printer? I've been taking the Linda course MailChimp Fundamentals from Virginia O'Connor, as I'm starting to work on some email lists advice for podcasters. And this tutorial is giving me some good insight on how to set up a good email list. Uh, yes, email lists are one thing I've found that actually works for launching a new podcast. With a Linda membership, you can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching, stream thousands of video courses on demand, and learn on your own schedule. Learn at your own pace. Courses are structured so you can watch them from start to finish or consume them in bite-sized pieces. Browse each course transcript and follow, and follow along. Or search for an answer and skip to that point in the video. Take notes as you go and refer to them later. Download tutorials and watch them on the go, including access on your iOS device. Create and save playlists of courses you want to watch to customize your learning path or share with friends, colleagues, and team members. Your Linda membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I want you to visit lynda.com slash TII. That's lynda.com slash TII and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash T-I-I. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this show. Hey, Rob. This is Colby Walsh from Sterling, Colorado. Just wanted to let you know that I just a couple of weeks ago discovered the podcast, and I, along with my college studies, have been going back and going through all of the T-I-I episodes, and now I'm happy to say that I am finally caught up. I also wanted to let you know that I just today installed the iOS upgrade on my iPhone 5S and it appears to be working smoothly and everything, the update and everything only took maybe 15, 20 minutes, not very long at all. And I am fixing to upgrade my iPad Air 128 gigabytes to the iOS 8.2 upgrade as well. I am a blind user, so I use voiceover as well, and I love the iPhone. This is, I'm actually, this is my seventh iPhone. I just wanted to thank you for the podcast, and I enjoy it, and keep up the good work. Colby, thanks for the feedback and your update and for the kind words. And folks, if you have updated to iOS 8.2, let us know how it went for you. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Same thing, you know, give us your feedback on what your thoughts of this event were. I mean, I read some feedback, I don't know, the selective ones, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Now you've had, you know, by the time you hear this, you've had a day or a couple days or a week to digest the event. Let me know your thoughts. Did the event push you over the fence? Are you definitely getting it on a device or anything that was announced today? Let me know your thoughts. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I fly Southwest Weekly. Working in the lock screen for me. Sorry, don't think I did anything special to make it happen. 
It only shows it at the airport, if that matters. Regards, Edgar P. And what he's talking about is that the uh, the lock screen shows your boarding pass. So, well, thanks, Edgar. And I do have actually a quick trip I have to make this week unexpected to Wisconsin. So I will check it while I am at the airport more closely this time. Because I don't remember if I checked at the airport. I remember check going to the airport. So maybe I needed to check when I was actually there. But I thought I did. But we'll find out for sure this week. Hi, Rob. In response to Louvi's claim that the Pebble interferes with Bluetooth A2DP streaming, in my case, to a headset, in episode 339, I can confidently second that claim. I've noticed very strange Bluetooth headset connectivity issues and default audio playback source changes that go away when I don't wear my Pebble. I wonder how long this has been going on, and I sincerely hope someone at Pebble figures out what's going on and is able to create a software fix ASAP. Regards, Dan from LA. Thanks, Dan, for that feedback. Here's a bonus tip from the Google Plus community, and this one comes from Jack Reader, who wrote, quote, my iPad caps lock has not worked for quite a while. I thought it was an iOS 8 update from the last update issue but no one else seems to have this issue. Of course, the solution was simple. I went to settings, general, keyboard, and I turned cap locks on by accident. So I had it was off, so now I turned it on. Don't know how it got turned off. Thankfully, uh, the frustration is over, unquote. So folks, if for some reason your cap lock stops working, go to settings, general, keyboard, and check for that setting. Thanks, Jack, for the heads up. Jack, sometimes don't you feel like there's little setting gremlins that get a hold of your device and start toggling things on and off when you're not looking? Anyway, on to the next email. Hi, Rob. Per my issue with Siri acting up, I have the problem solved, and it required electrical tape around the base of the headphone jack. I have an expensive custom headset for my hearing aid, but unlike the Apple headset, the jack has a thin metal base at the bottom, causing contact and creating the issue I had with Siri and voiceover. Since covering the base with electrical tape, no more problems. It's great to find the solution because I had already replaced two iPhone 6s. Oddly, I didn't have this issue with my iPhone 4S. Regards, Tash. Darn those third-party plugins. So what was happening here was on the plug, not just on the base or the shaft of the plug, but at the, at the, at the base of it, there was another metal ring that was making contact to the case and that was causing the interference and the, the Siri to come on and off and cause it to play and not play. So if you are having an issue with Siri or play or it's sounding like it's, you know, like you're hearing a little staticky, um, and, and check your plug. See if it's shorting. If it's not the Apple plug, check the third-party plug to see if you're shorting. If you are, what Tash did was wrap some little bit of tape, electrical tape around it to keep the base of the plug from hitting the case. As mentioned earlier, iOS 8.2 was released today, March 9th. As I said in my push message, wait a week. The main reason for 8.2 is to support Apple Watch. And Apple Watch is not launching until the end of April. So if you are not having major issues, wait at least one week until episode 341 is released and see how it goes for those others that don't listen. When you do update, make sure to check my recommended specs for updating. There is a PDF in the TI app that goes over it. In the TI app, go to the episode list, tap on PDF at the top of the list, and the PDF for updating is at the bottom of that list. Right now, there are only four PDFs, so the list is short. Per iOS 8.2 and what it brings beyond what we talked about in the previous episode uh, and what I will summarize hopefully in upcoming episode, if not the next one, uh, there are bug fixes and security updates, which is why I'm not saying wait until April 24th update, just wait a week or so. Some of the bug security fixes, according to Apple um, that 8.2 addresses are fixing an issue with core telephony where a remote attacker can cause a device to unexpectedly restart. There's an issue with iCloud keychain where a man in the middle could execute arbitrary code. A couple of possible malicious apps affecting system privileges. 
and one where someone getting who gets physical access may be able to see the home screen of the device even if the device is not unlocked. The biggest new feature in iOS 8.2 is the Apple Watch app that is now included whether you want it or not. There are HealthKit updates or upgrade to the HealthKit app. However, it is bug fixes that 8.2 will be most remembered for, fixing issues with the HealthKit, uh, the G GMT issue in the calendar, Greenwich Mean Time issue there, Bluetooth fixes, especially with car kits. Uh, a lot of people complained about that. Bugs with mail, maps, music, voiceover, and others. Lots of bug fixes. Well, except for the Wi-Fi bug that lots of people complained about. That one still seems to be there, or at least it was not mentioned as a fix. If you are someone that did upgrade to 8.2 and we're having the Wi-Fi issue, let us know how it's worked for you. Matter of fact, just let us know how 8.2 is working for you again. 206-666-6364. That's 206 Moondog. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Before 8.2 was released, Apple updated their iOS 8 update numbers. And right now, 75% of iOS users have updated to iOS 8. Not quite as good as the roughly 80% this time last year, but way, way better than the latest version of Android, Lollipop, which has a staggering 3.3% adoption rate in roughly the same time as iOS 8's been out. Actually, the last four major versions of Android have a 69.5% adoption rate combined, which the oldest of those uh, 4.1 or 4.2, excuse me, was released in the fall of 2012. Can you say fragmentation? Thanks to Ed T for this next one, which is an article talking about iOS devices by default have hardware encryption of data on these devices, and this goes back five years and running. And how on Android, when it was finally supported with Lollipop, yes, the one being run on just 3.3% of the devices, most of those devices have it turned off by default. If security is your thing, or you just need some ammo to shut up that annoying Android fanboy, this article from iMore titled iPhone versus Android and Hardware Encryption is a really good read. But in a nutshell, especially since the 5S and its 64-bit chip, Apple has enjoyed very quick and efficient hardware encryption. While over on Android today, most manufacturers are choosing to turn it off by default, including Google, because their architecture is so inefficient, it is causing major performance issues. Sweet! Well, unless you are forced to use one of those devices. In Apple stock news, Apple's finally joining the Dow, to which many say it's about time. Whenever a new company is added to the Dow, another is removed. And the one Apple is basically booting is none other than AT&T. Rather ironic. Likely, these really means nothing for Apple stock. Uh, one advantage of being in the Dow is it is supposed to get a stock a little more exposure or visibility. But for a stock like Apple, where its market cap is twice the size of number two Exxon, uh, yeah, not like there's not anyone in the investing world that is not already familiar with Apple. By the way, don't mistake me saying being familiar with as the same as thing as saying getting Apple, because clearly there are many, many covering Wall Street that don't get Apple, never have, and likely never will, which is very good news for this show and the How Wrong Were They segment. In any case, Congrats to Apple and, well, to the Dow for getting Apple. So really, probably congratulations to the Dow is, is more in order here. Hi, Rob. I thought listeners would love to know about this. Regards, Aaron in Vermont, which is news that Apple extended its iPhone 5 battery replacement program into 2016. This program was supposed to end March 1st, but Apple extended it out to January 2016. Look for the link in the show notes to see if your iPhone 5 is eligible. I know we mentioned it a couple of times when it kicked off back, I think it was August or thereabouts. But if you have an iPhone 5 and have not checked to see if you can get your battery replaced, you really should. It is a chance to get a brand new battery for no cost for your iPhone 5. One of the rumors leading up to the Apple event was that Apple was pushing out the iPad lunch tray to a fall launch. 
And looking at today's event with it ending at 95 minutes, sure it does look like one new product was missing. However, let's put all this in perspective. Many that are saying it was pushed back are the same ones that were originally saying it would be launched in the spring. Funny how that works. The reason given in most articles on the delay is for of this product that was never been announced, by the way, is that it is taking longer to secure components, especially the larger displays. Another possible reason being ballied about is the delay of the of this unannounced iPad is so Apple could add an extra USB-C port. Others are saying it is a strategic delay as to not compete with the new MacBook. I just love how rumored delays for components or rumored changes to specs or strategic changes have somehow delayed a product that was never even announced or hinted at by Apple. Oh, life in the Apple rumor mill. That all said, again, 95 minutes was a strange amount of time for an event when Apple typically goes two hours. Just saying. A few of you sent in links to articles on this next one, which is about the freak attack. It has to do with an issue with SSL encryption, or lack thereof, due to rules by the U.S. government back in the 90s to make things hackable, basically. Apple with iOS 8.2 did fix this issue with iOS devices. Android, yeah, good luck with that. But Google says they're working on it, and that said, it'll probably only take a few years to get out to the majority of users. Please note, there is no evidence so far that any hackers have exploited this weakness. It was and is believed to be a theoretical weakness, but one put in place by bad policy decisions by the U.S. government 20 years ago. Thanks, guys. That said, when you update to 8.2 next week, you will have closed the back door, so to speak. If you want to see what Samsung's roadmap for new products and features looks like, you can find it. I found this out. I did some Googling, and I found it. You go to apple.com. See, Sammy announced last month they are purchasing LoopPay, and they will rebrand it. Wait for this. Wait for it. Samsung Pay. Yes, so original. But it gets better. Uh, at Mobile World Congress, when Sammy introduced the Galaxy S6 and S6 Edge, which is where they said the device would support Samsung Pay, um, how they are supporting, well, via a fingerprint scanner that you touch to scan. Um, and that is on a device that are now metal and glass and rounded and without removable batteries or additional memory slots and with speakers at the bottom. The Galaxy S6 is a total ripoff of the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. It really is simply amazing. I mean, they don't even try to hide it anymore. They might also just put the Apple logo on the back of Samsung devices. Thanks to Larry D for this next one, which is a new Android malware where it makes it look like that your Android... Wait a second. Let's rephrase that. It makes it look like the Android device is off, but it is actually spying on the user. So when a user hits the power button or the off button to do... It, actually is not turning off said device. It just makes it look like it's off. Seems most of the 10,000 plus devices that they have seen infected are in China. Essentially, the phone can take pictures and make calls when the user thinks it is off, kind of like a teenager you thought was asleep. In any case, another fun one for those Android users out there. So, Rob, the fact that they released the new MacBook today with out a lightning connector as the power connection, an HDMI connection, etc. Is the writing on the wall for the lightning connector then? Are we going to switch to USB-C all across the board? As much as I would hate that, I kind of wish we would if we're going to be standard. So anyway, just wanted your thoughts. Thanks. By the way, the difference I mentioned earlier, uh, there was a difference in the size of the plugs. The lightning is about 1.4 millimeters in thickness, and the USB-C is 2.5 millimeters in thickness, So, at least from the specs I've been able to find. So you're looking about a difference of one, a little over one millimeter of what you can take down on the size of that connector. So that right there, that one millimeter, is why 
you're going to see the lightning port for the foreseeable future. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. On the next show, can you please tell listeners to avoid iPhoneTrace.com like the plague? Apple and my carrier have both advised it is not possible to track an iPhone via its IMEI number. So this company's claim that it can do this simply doesn't make sense. Companies like this prey on people's desperation. So the more people that can be warned about them, the better. Regards, Steve in Brisbane. Okay, Steve, done. Hi, Rob. My wife is looking for an app to have video chats with her three girlfriends at the same time on her iPhone. Will Google Hangouts do this on an iOS device? Or has Apple disabled this capability on their device as not com- to, uh, to compete with FaceTime regards Charles H.? Charles, I don't know if Google Hangouts on Air ever worked with an iOS device. Maybe someone out there was able to get it to work at some point, but I'm not sure. But if anyone has an answer for Charles, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. And again, the question is, how can you, can you do video chats for three or more people with an iOS device? Hi, Rob. This is Fred from Raleigh. I thought I had a brilliant idea using my iPhone 6, but in the end, it didn't work. Can you help? When I go to the gym, I use Nautilus-type equipment, but I can't remember all my individual settings. So I created a one-page entry using the Notes app, recording all the settings. As I go from one piece of equipment to the next, I need to reach into my pocket, pull out the phone, press the home button to wake up the phone, hold my thumb on just right on the home button to open it, read the table of entries, press the lock button, and put the phone back. I thought it would make uh, the process faster, by taking a photo of the notes entry using the home and lock and making it on the lock screen image. That way, I wouldn't have to use my thumb to unlock the phone or press the lock button when I put it back, saving some time. However, this approach falls apart because I like to listen to podcasts and music while exercising, and the music player takes over the screen in the lock mode. Thus, my question is, how do I defeat the music player control screen while listening to music so I can see whatever the background image I have set up. Is there a solution? It may be more trouble than it's worth, but I'd like to throw it out there anyway. Thanks. Regards, Fred B. Again, if anyone out there has something similar, something they do that works for them at the gym, help Fred out. Give us a call, 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG, or send the email. Again, even if you're not doing it, if you have an idea of what might work, let us know. Last episode, we mentioned the Pebble Time on Kickstarter. And since that episode, Pebble added the steel to the Pebble Time. For $250 on Kickstarter, you can order the steel version of the Pebble Time for delivery on in August. This versus $299 that it'll be retail this fall. So if you are looking for a new smartwatch, and want a steel version and don't want to have to pay 599 for the steel Apple Watch, there is the Pebble Steel. I think the biggest plus of the Pebble Watch is the battery life. If notifications are your biggest driver in a smartwatch, followed or tied with battery life, and everything else is kind of secondary, it would be hard not to pick the Pebble Time over the Apple Watch. That said, there's a whole heck of a lot Uh, more people that will pick the Apple Watch when all is said and done, and there's a lot more you can do with the Apple Watch. But again, if your key points, the key reasons for you to have a smartwatch are notifications and really long battery life, then the Pebble's going to win out over the Apple Watch. And again, I have a Pebble Watch, and here's how I used it recently. I was coaching my son's basketball game. This is bad parent moment. And at the same time his last basketball game was going on, Dayton was playing VCU. On that Saturday, I was really wanting to see what the updates of the score were. So I loaded the ESPN app onto my Pebble watch. And every time there was a change in score, there was a vibration in the watch. And then I would just casually look down at my watch as I was coaching. And I would see what the new update on the score was. My wife had no idea I was checking the score. So I wasn't constantly looking at my phone to see what the score was. I was just casually glancing down at my watch which no one picked up on. So I was actually able to stay in touch of what was going on in the basketball game as Dayton beat VCU, and nobody but me knew what was going on. So 
again, there are some cool things you can already do with the Pebble Watch. Before you go and get the Apple Watch, think about what it is that you want to do, why you want to do it. And, you know, if you already have a Pebble Watch, it may make sense for you to stick with that. And, I, you know, I can't just say to people blindly, go to Apple Watch. You, you do want to take a look at the Pebble Time, in my opinion, because it is a lot cheaper, has a lot longer battery life. And for, I think, what a lot of people are going to want to do, it's going to meet their needs. Now, of course, I am going to get one for the show so I can experience it and talk about it and get a good feel on it. There's quite a few of you out there that are probably on the fence one way or the other, and I would say take a look at the Pebble Time and see if it makes sense for you. A congrats to the folks behind the Smart Rope. They were funded or hit the goal. That means you will get to see me jumping rope as an extra video in a future episode of the TII app. Then you'll be able to decide if I'm as good a jump roper as I claimed. Oh, and they added a fourth size of the jump rope, XL, for those really tall backers. And the folks behind the Buell, B-U-H-E-L, conductive headphones slash smart glasses I mentioned on the last episode that I also funded, uh, they announced a 100% delivery guarantee. Well, that takes a lot of the fun out of Kickstarter. After all, I'm still eagerly awaiting my SOS charger and those other conductive headphones, the sound band, that I ordered years ago. And I mean years ago, as in 2013 for both. Thanks, guys. Into a Kickstarter project here. Hey, Rob, just saw this project this week and thought it was interesting. I use something similar to MagBack, made by ProClip. You place a thin magnetic strip on a plate on the back of your phone case, and they have custom mounts that stick onto your car truck dash. And you can get these super strong magnet holders that attach to the mounts, and they really hold your phone well. I've actually just started using one of these to hold my iPad Air 2 on the dash, and it works fine either through, though it's not recommended for that application. As good as ProClip is, the MagBack looks interesting, and I may try it. Enjoy, Don from Gunnersville, Alabama. Well, thanks, Don, for the heads up on the MagBack case, spelled M-A-G-B-A-K, of course. And it is at kickstarter.com. This one had a goal of 15K. They're now triple that goal. And it has until April 17th at 4.04 a.m. Central Time. That's kind of a bad luck number. Uh, for you to back this one. They describe it as, quote, MagBack is a minimalist protective case and mounting solution for your iPhone. Perfect to mount in the car and anywhere else, unquote. Pricing for this is $39 to start. Again, search for M-A-G-B-A-K at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 340. There have been some really bad articles of late talking about Apple Pay. There have been bad ones all along. Um, some of them talk about security flaws with it. BS, as in bad sources. Because these articles really, in most cases, are just making crap up or, 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 or pointing the blame on Apple where there's no control, i.e. identity theft at the credit card level, i.e. someone signing up for a credit card that's issued by a bank that shouldn't have be, been issued to them. And then their bank verifying that they are who they said they were. Anyway... The very excellent Daniel Aaron Dilger does a great job digging into some of those horrible articles along uh, the way that have tried to really put down Apple Pay by basically either making stuff up or re-reporting stuff that wasn't validated or misreporting what others said or maybe sometimes making stuff up. The article's long, as most of Daniel's are, because he takes a lot of time to research them. Look for the link titled Apple Pay Find frauds reporting in the show notes for episode 340. It really is a really good read. Uh, Daniel does an excellent job on all his articles, and uh, you'll get mad when you read it a little bit when you realize how biased and bad some of the reporting is out there against Apple. Thanks, Daniel. My wife and I are slowly working our way through House of Cards the latest season, and in one of the episodes, President Underwood is playing an iPad game called Monument Valley. He even mentions it and reads a review of the game, kind of a central player in that episode. I've not played it yet, but if there are any Monument Valley players out there, please call in with your review of the game. Really curious as to what some of you think of the game before I give it a try. Also, 
would love to talk to the folks at Monument Valley how the rap was featured in an episode of House of Cards. I reached out to them. Let's see if they reply. Hey, Rob, I've got an interest for you. Uh, I was listening to episode 339 through my Bose speakers, and all of a sudden my Siri kicked in and said she couldn't understand. Well, at 21 minutes and 47 seconds into the show, you were talking about uh, this person that Apple wanted them to send their phone in with all their data to see what the problem was, and you were telling them how to do it. And at the point where you said, go ahead and wipe all your personal data, then start adding things, as soon as you said that, my phone would come on with Siri. Well, I tried this like four times in a row in a sleep mode, and it worked every time. I took the phone out of sleep, and it didn't work. I even tried saying, start adding several different ways. Never could get it to do it again. I just thought that was awful weird. Because I was just sitting here, you know, and all, all of a sudden, just serious starts talking to your voice on the boat speakers. Do you have any idea what would cause that? Thanks. My name's Lonnie from Oklahoma City. Hey, Lonnie. Thanks for the voicemail message. I have no idea why it would do that. But I do know every now and then I'm sitting here and I'm talking on one phone and I have my iPhone there plugged in. And so, it, you know, it'll register to, hey, you know what? And, and it's listening and I'm just in a conversation. All of a sudden it starts responding to something I said and, and I don't know or my wife is in the room with me talking and it'll start responding to her so yeah every now and then it just starts jumping up so if you don't want to do that I would go in and turn off the hey you know who uh, feature um, and that way you don't have to deal with that much but yeah, it happened today and it happened to quite a few people I know uh, during the uh, watch event because it was a point where one of the people presenting kept saying hey you know what and it caused people's phones to come on. I know mine came on when it happened. On the last episode, I asked some of you why you jailbreak or are still jailbreak. And here are the, some of the responses I received. Hey, Rob, when my phone was jailbroken, my favorite tweak was Activator. Having custom gestures to post to Facebook and Twitter was great since they were taken out of the notification center in iOS 7. Another great tweak I used was CC settings. It allowed you to swipe up to control center and had most of the settings right there. It made it so much easier to turn on hotspots and to change any of the button settings. Sadly, I lost my jailbreak when I downloaded SoundHound from Apple App Store of all places. It sent my phone into a constant respringing uh, reset, so I had to restore it. At the time, Apple was still signing iOS 8.1.2 but I was not able to restore to it. Here is hoping that TAIG or Pangu or Vasion comes out with a jailbreak for iOS 8.2. Regards, Alex from Connecticut. Hey, Rob. Why I jailbreak? Simple customization. Regards, Shigita. Hi, Rob. A great question since my, many of the reasons we use jailbreak have now been incorporated into iOS. Why I still jailbreak? One, theming. I don't like all the visual contrasting, conflicting colors and icons. Theming allows me to make iPhone look just the way I want it. In my case, black and white with obscure 7. Two, some tweaks I just can't live without. InfiniDock, as many icons as you want on the dock. Three, virtual home 8, truly making the maximum use of touch features on the home button sensor. Four, volume amplifier helps my 70-year-old ears listen to ACDC just the way I like it, loud. Five, hide me eight makes all the apps I don't want prying eyes to see on my screens go away. Very important if you live in a politically repressive country. Six, blord makes my keyboards nice and black. Looks great with my theme. Seven, oxo eight, A-U-X-O. Eight, it's just a fun way to deal with multitasking. I don't tweak the way I used to when I first began jailbreaking with my iPhone 3G. Now loving my iPhone 6 Plus, I do not upgrade iOS until there is a jailbreak. Jailbreaking has become very easy over the years, so iPhone users should not be reluctant to give it a try. By the way, I took a bricked jailbroken iPhone 4 to the Apple Store and had it replaced with no more than I see your phone is jailbroken, but that's not the problem. No BS about voided warranties, etc. Just saying. Keep up the great work, Rob, and thank you for supporting Jailbreak Community on your show. Regards to all Rob in Thailand. Thanks, Rob, for all that feedback and Shikita and Alex. 
from the Google Plus community from Ryan Levengood. Quote, my iPhone 6 Plus is jailbroken on 8.1.2. I'm planning on getting a 42mm Sport Edition watch, but looks like you need 8.2 for it to work, adding and controlling apps. Not really looking forward to giving up my jailbreak. Hmm. Unquote. Yep, if you want the Apple Watch, you have to go to 8.2, and that means no jailbreak for you or me, for that matter. Speaking of jailbreaking, if you are a dev and wanted to learn more about jailbreaking, there is a session on May 26th at 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. being run by some of the iPhone jailbreak team, including Pod2G. This is at the HITBSECCON. And the session title is Tech Training 1 iOS Exploitation Techniques. The overview of the session is, quote, arm yourself with the essential skills and knowledge to become the next iOS jailbreaker. This two-day course will put you in the driver's seat as you learn everything from basic introduction to iOS to the more advanced techniques used by the Vaders 3 team in their latest jailbreaks. Topics covered will span from the A to Z of iOS exploitation, including reverse engineering, debugging, fuzzing, and next generation exploitation techniques. This course has been updated with iOS 8.x specificities, unquote. If this is for you, you already know that you are the right person for this. You may not have known when and where and how much, and it's $1,500 to 2,000 uh, to 2, euros to register depending on when you do. Link in the show notes titled Tech Training One, and this is in Amsterdam. I do find it ironic that the silver sponsor for an event with a major session about how to hack your iOS, well, actually, two silver sponsors are BlackBerry and Microsoft. Thanks again to lynda.com for their support of TII. And if you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L Y N D A dot com slash TII, you'll get a free 10 day trial to their 3,000 plus video tutorials. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this show and for the free offer. And we will also be getting a TII NCAA pool together once again. I will put a link in the show notes. Go to todayinios.com and look for that link in the episode 340 show notes near the end of this week or on Sunday, worst case. I'll send out a push notification about that as well. And I'll put something up in the Google Plus community and I'll try to get another episode out this weekend to talk more about that. Jose, yikes, just sent you an email. So you replied, I'll get, I'll get back with you on that. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. The feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app or product review, good or bad, as long as it is iOS related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you have created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on iOS device. I'm running out, so uh, please send your music in uh, and I will play it for the show. This is your show. Your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. Okay, so you listen this far into the episode thank you. And now I have a way that you can thank me for the show. And, and that's, you know, I'm right now it's 3.58 in the morning. So I need your thanks on this and your help. And you, um, just to let you know, first off, thank you for voting for Today and iOS previously or nominating Today and iOS for the podcast awards. We made the cut. We are the final 10 shows in the, the tech category. So thanks for that. But now is the real vote. And this is for the winner. And these awards allow you to vote not just once, but once a day, every day until March 24th. Aren't you lucky? I know, I know. But please, if everyone goes and votes a couple times or a few times between now and March 24th, we would easily win the award. And that recognition brings in more listeners, and that is more people to ask and answer questions. So please help out the show and the community. Go to podcastawards.com and vote for Today in iOS and vote as often as possible. And if you have multiple emails, hey, um, your help is greatly appreciated. I know that you have an audience size that's much bigger than the shows that have won in the past, so please help us out. Uh, go to Podcast Awards, 
scroll down, podcastawards.com, scroll down to the technology section and pick today in iOS and then add your email address and your name and click submit. And then you have to go into your email and verify it. And finally, there is the TI app, which is now free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released, plus a couple of reminders here and there about voting in the in the awards. Please go right now and download the TI app. And did I mention it is free? And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to bone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. Change.